Recorded live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call in the Orion Mind School of the Prophets. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is Sunday, uh, July 8th, 2018. Tonight's speaker is Gary Ray, which is also known as the White Wolf. And whenever you're ready, brother, lock them and clock them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I do thank you. Um, we, um, I've, I've been kind of really getting everything ready. I had bought uh, a Shawnee and I, like I said, when we was over in Beaumont um, uh, at Sam's, they had a big special coming up on the 4th for those uh, Vision Kamada uh, or Komoda type eggs, a big one with the wheels, I mean, deluxe edition. And uh, they had that bad boy on for four ninety nine, and normally it was I think about eight ninety nine. And uh, so we just kind of eased on down the road, and I thought about it a little bit, and we got back over to the farm, and I looked at Shawnee, and she said, "Gee, I got to go to Sam's. I didn't get everything." I said, "Okay, well, you're going to go down to Charlottetown, yeah?" And she said, "Yeah." So I gave her the money, and she brought us one back. We hadn't even took it out of the box yet. But we're going to test drive it here for long. And uh, um, I uh, had got to looking on the web, and there was um, several videos that show you how to set up, <clears throat> you know, a green egg, Komodo dragon, uh, different types of them, you know, and uh, how to get them to function correctly and, and um, showing the lump. Charcoal. Uh, don't get the regular charcoal. Get lump charcoal, and then whatever flavored wood you want. And um, so we got everything, getting that all ready. And then um, while she was down there with the, the farm truck, they uh, told her she said, "Shawnee, I want you to go and pick me up another Troy built Bronco." Um, which is a riding lawnmower. And um, I said, well, y'all going to use it to cut that? And she said, oh, no, we're taking the bed off of it. And I said, taking the bed off of it? And she said, yeah. She said, that's my perfect little deal to pull uh, my wagons <laughs> around. She's been working on the greenhouse and everything. And uh, so... Uh, been working on different stuff. We uh, plan on having to do a little reconstruction on the on the, this particular room. Uh, we've got uh, they had put a molding up there, you know, uh, aluminum molding, and somehow the way they turned it, it made it throw water to the bottom of the wall um, where the uh, you know, the, the decking would be in the wall sets on that decking. And I looked at that the other day, and dang, it is done rained and, and and rotted a hole in that, that whole piece. That's a three-quarter or one-and-an-eighth uh, tongue and groove that uh, comes out about four inches. And so I told them, I said, well, we'll open that up, cut that mess out, and, you know, get things going again. But... Uh, in this process, uh, I'd had that blood clot in my 
arm. Don't know what I did. I just know a knot swole up on the side. I must have bumped something and didn't realize it. And, man, I'm telling you, for about a week and a half, man, I went through it again, you know. And But all this time I was using Neville Goddard and different ones that I had um, been just, you know, I could lay back and just turn on the computer, you know, and let them run. And um, so uh, we set a bunch up, and, you know, you get to hearing and listening after you've heard it a few times. Um, it'll go to creeping in or sinking in. And um, then different things would happen. I'd be on, I remember the other night, Clyde Lewis was on uh, a program of his called Ground Zero out of Oregon. And um, I can either pick it up there or pick it up on iHeart out of San Antonio on uh, WAI. But um, I was listening, and uh, Clyde was real negative about what he was saying and what was going on. And, uh, man, I mean, it just he was just upset about everything. And there was a guy called in, and uh, he kind of dressed old Clyde down just a little bit, told him, he said, you know, and he began to talk about all the good things that he expected. And um, before he called in, you know, man, I mean, that show, it, it had some bad vibes in it. You know, I mean, it, it, you've listened to stuff, and it just kind of gives you that, dang, heck, I'd rather be somewhere else, you know, feeling. Well, anyway, he uh, kept talking and talking about the good this and the good that, and finally, Clyde hooked up, you know, with him. And, friend, just in a few minutes, that entire show changed. And all of a sudden, it was a really good call. And so I've been thinking about that because we're at a time, and uh, we've been talking about this kind of like with John Lennon. Boy, he gave him a key. Imagine. What in the hell do you imagine? What do you think on? What do you dwell on? And uh, imagine all the people. And uh, if we begin to imagine and daydream, um, we create a state of mind that our imagination is literally the God that is impregnating the sub-superconscious mind to manifest in the physical reality. I mean, there's no other way around it. I mean, it. Everybody that knows anything about the mind and how it really operates, if they really tell you or affirm the secrets, they're going to say the same thing because that's exactly what it is. Well, we'll have people come in and call in on call sometime, and they they have a terrible, terrible attitude about the way they bring things. I mean, they're so negative, so down in the mouth about stuff. um, they're always wanting to disrupt or this and that and the other. These people, uh, what happens is that they are the kind of an individual that feeds off of negative energy. And we literally, not only are we thought beings, light beings, but we're energy beings. And we can draw power from people and we can increase or enhance power with people. We can amplify it. And um, it's strictly by our imagination. Believe us thou that I can do this thing? 
when they asked if he would send his word and heal, believest thou that I can do this thing? Yay, Lord. Yay, Lord. Oh, that's four letters. Yod, hey, Bob, hey. So the formula is telling you how to send that thought. Believest thou? You bet I do. And so he did. And within the hour, they were healed. Well, I kept thinking on about that, you know, and I was thinking about how people think and the negativity. And so you think and create. Look at the newspapers. The, the media has literally destroyed itself. Politicians have destroyed themselves. Bankers have destroyed themselves. I listen to them. There ain't a damn one of them that I know of, if you listen to Washington, uh, that want to have peace. They're warmongers. But you see, the economies of the world have been built on a state of wars since ancient times, since patriarchal times came in. It wasn't that way with the women. See, the women knew that they had children. They had to watch over the land because they were, in reality, the mirror image of the physical earth, and yet they were the mirror image and manifestation of the creative subconscious, superconscious mind, the mother, the creator, or builder of all life. And so I, I kept thinking on it, and, uh, just watching, you know, how things would go, and I realized that as people would aggravate and... Um, mess with other people, um, say like sometimes, like I said, you know, they'll call in on a call and they're disruptors. And uh, it makes me kind of wonder if they're not really a government agent in the sense that government knows that they have to feed on the people's fear. So you've got to have people in, uh, in a state of fear or afraid, contemplating the worst that can happen in order for them to believe that there is a scenario that they must give that power to that government system. Well, the government's supposed to be on our shoulders. It ain't supposed to be in D.C. or London or in the Vatican or uh, anywhere else. It's supposed to be on our shoulders. You want to go to the hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull, you better get to looking up there around your shoulders, you know. I mean, that's what's sitting up there. And then three crosses, conscious, sub, superconscious mind. So your conscious mind, when you begin to imagine, you are now the God putting your word, your thought into action. And God said, light B, he just said, something else, well, then something else will happen. But I am that, Moses. Go back and tell him, I am that I am. Well, what the hell am you? Whatever you choose in your mind, whatever you imagine. You imagine the people are at a state of war, and if enough people join up with you, that's exactly what's going to happen. You can turn that around, and you can bring a state of peace. Hell, that's that's exactly what Bernays did. 
Sigmund Freud's nephew. He began to create that movement in the mind, the imagination, to get people to thinking about it. And the more they thought about it, whatever they had programmed or gave them, they thought on it, they dwelt on it, remember? Hold not up the unclean thing. Well, if you don't hold up the unclean thing, then you must be supposed to hold up the clean thing. And so uh, he called those things that were not as though they were. Well, I mean, if, if hell and damnation don't exist, why in the hell would you keep talking about it, thinking about it, dwelling on it? calling it into existence. We're the gods of this world. You might as well just get over it. That's what we are. We're the gods of matter. Because we are in reality an aspect of the divine totality of mind, thought, whatever you want to look at it as. And yet we're all connected. We're all one. We're playing the scenario, all the parts. It's just each one of them is different, just like the parts in a human body. And um, I began to dwell on that and think about it and see exactly what to do. I realized that uh, during the day as people go down the road, they're thinking about, man, that's a terrible job. They, they're not going to get there this. They're not going to get that. They're not thinking on their good. They're thinking on what can prevent that good. So in reality, they're given space for the devil, the calamitous, the adversarial thought, or the thing. They're, they're entertained in a state of an unclean or uncontrolled, undirected imagination. That can't help but manifest, just like if you would control it and think on it. Um, I remember when I was in a wheelchair. Hell, I never thought about staying in that wheelchair. I mean, dang, here I was, you know, a, a former Green Beret, a Halo team, and all this kind of crap, running up to five miles a day. And, uh, man, I could climb and do anything, hump in the bush like nobody's business. And all of a sudden, here I am in this blind-ass wheelchair. Well, I couldn't keep dwelling on being in that wheelchair and lamenting the fact that uh, they had uh, had to do all the surgeries and stuff, I had to see myself somewhere else, doing something else. So my imagination was being able to walk. I imagined not being in the wheelchair. I imagined what it would be like to, to be walking with that good-looking woman I'm married to and my children. And as I began to do that, I kept myself with an upbeat, positive mental attitude, if you will. And it wasn't long before I got to where I could do. Well, I wasn't, I couldn't do the exercise quite like I used to could do before I got messed up, but I could walk. I could take it easy. And so uh, I started competition hunting training, you know, coon dogs. Um, I've had people get upset because I'd use that term. I was in class one time, and this guy got madder than hell at me, and uh, 
he was a young black man, and um, I didn't look like a pushover. And uh, he jumped up and started hollering about, uh, that was a racist term, and that was this and that and the other. And I looked at him, I said, sir, I said, you don't have to worry or be concerned over the term coon. I said, because where I come from, a coon is a raccoon. It's got a tail and a mask on it. But where I come from, if they called you what the hell they call you, sir, I couldn't help but call you a nigger. Like it, bump it, win, lose, or draw. I said, I don't believe like that. But I'm just telling you, you kind of need to get an understanding about what you're saying. He looked at me. He said, I see. So he sat down. And we went on. I was in a government class. And... uh, Things turned around completely. But I would walk sometimes, you know, two or three miles. I, I could walk slow if I had to, you know, or even if I had to sit down, I normally didn't. I always walked. And so when I trained those dogs, man, I would walk sometimes. I got, I remember times that we walked over 10 miles in a night and um, then have to figure out how to get back to the vehicle. Because uh, that dog didn't have uh, brakes on him. And then uh, after I was with Silva, I learned how to speak to those animals in my mind. And tell them what I wanted them to do. As a command. Bell, come here. Now. Man, the wind was so high, I couldn't have screamed. If I'd had a megaphone, I couldn't have screamed loud enough to get that black and tan and now, that was another thing. All the Anglo guys, they used to get mad or hell at me because I'd come in there with them black and tan dogs and we'd tear their butt up. They were good dogs. I didn't give a damn about the color. <laughs> I was interested in the ability. And uh, so I got to where I would walk and this and that and the other. Hell, Jim, you, you were able to go with me a few times. And old Mobile, long-distance operator, I loved that dog. God, she was a fine hound. But anyway, uh, the guy that taught me to hunt was a guy named Bobby Napier. He was a black guy. Um, he, I, I don't know if he was quite as dark as Copeland was on my hawk team, but uh, old Cope, man, if he had hit the gates of hell, we'd have been there taking hinges off with him. And uh, <coughs> Bobby, uh, Bobby was really real prejudiced, but he could get along with people, you know, and, if you got him off and let him get to talking, oh, man, he could get upset. But he taught me to hunt, and he had a one-eyed dog named Jarhead. That was one of the ugliest black and tans you ever seen in your life. And they asked him why they called him Jarhead. He said, because that dog could stick his muzzle down in a in a, a one-quart small mouth jar and lick the bottom clean. <laughs> And when you think about it, that old head, man, listen, he was a coon dog. Golly. And so I had the privilege and the benefit of being able to hunt with Bobby and old Jarhead, the old head, and a few other good dogs. We had a great time. God, we hunted for years, uh, you know, keeping things going. But I noticed that when we would talk and we would keep our conversation a certain way, benefits and blessings would come. Other guys... They never would get coons because they kept confessing that they couldn't find any. It was too hot. It was too dry. 
too many snakes. Man, Bobby Ray and I, man, shoot, we'd see three, four, five hundred coming a year. And then uh, when it was high season, hell, I made enough money off of that that after I should give Bobby his split, you know, because we'd go 50 people. <laughs> I could buy the food for my kennel. And uh, you learn to do with what you can do. Now, all this time, I'm steadily growing, but I'm learning how to order my conversation. Some of my greatest achievements occurred uh, using Silva and the scripture and um, knowing what Silva was saying about speaking, thinking good thoughts, good things, good ideas, bring great benefits and blessings that you or I desire. But I had to see them done. Man, that's what the scripture was teaching. And um, so I started doing that. It wasn't long to where... Everywhere I would go, man, miracles would occur, this would occur, that would occur. And I'd hear the preachers that say, man, how come you, how can you do that? What would you do to do that? And I'd tell them, you know, oh, no, that was the devil. That was the devil. And um, I looked at him. I said, you know, there was a scripture one time that the Messiah, he said uh, that he had healed this and healed that, and they said he was doing it by the power of Bezelzebub, the prince of the of the flies of the air. He said if Bezelzebub is healing in so many words, then he's tearing down his own house. Because, see, sickness comes by what a man says, what a man thinks, because that's what he's going to do. He's already done it in his mind. Like it or not, he has. And um, so as we rocked on and uh, different things, you uh, get to a place that, uh, hello, Pauline, good to see you. You get to a place that uh, you learn to watch over what you do. Well, you have to be careful sometimes because you get around too many people. Um, you have to kind of get away from them and go up into the mountain, so to speak, uh, so you can get your head squared away and, and um, get on your positive mental attitude and speech and thought and uh, your actions, and then the great powers will occur and follow you everywhere you go. Those signs cannot accompany you if you don't believe that they are yours, that you can't operate them, that they haven't been given to you, uh, or that you've got to get God to go to hell, Moses, what's in your hand? You're the one got the authority to speak it, to think it. But if you're thinking that it can't happen, then guess what? It can't. And uh, so I thought about what Neville was saying and different stuff and how he would go about thinking these things and, and how these different um, ideas and concepts would happen. And so what I'm really saying to you is that when you're sitting by yourself, Kind of watch your thoughts. And, man, somebody will walk in and say, golly, man, I'm telling you, it's a terrible day. It's look, Man, look at that storm. It is just, it's this, it's this, it's this. Cancel, 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 cancel. They may get that. They may have the address for that calamity to come. But you don't have to have it as long as you don't agree with them. 
you agree and see and think and say what it is you want to say, think, and do, and that will happen. It will literally come to pass. I go places, and and there are people that I, I know that they don't know nothing about me because I, I really stay away from people to a large extent. Um, when I came home, um, Mom and Dad was still alive then. Everybody around here was scared to death of me. They they just knew I was coming in here to kill somebody. I mean, they'd heard so much about me, and, you know, 90% of what they'd heard wasn't true anyway, but in their mind, that's all I had come home for was to kill somebody. Somebody, I, I had a target. And uh, that was the furthest thing from my mind. It got so bad that even my relatives... Man, uh, they would watch, they'd, they'd watch me out of the corner of their eye. What you get to thinking about, what you get to talking about, you taint, you discolor that lens that you're looking through. And remember what you see and what you confess about somebody else. And if you get glee and you know, it just makes you tickle this thunder, you know, to create disruption, and you're feeding on the negative energy, and it has a consequence. Eventually, that thing is going to come back home. And uh, when it does, it's kind of like if you're in SEAL training and you're pushing those floating balls or, or barrels up the, up the deal in the sand, if you lose your grip or somebody doesn't hold up their part of that, that barrel, dude, if that thing gets away from you, it'll roll right on over you. And that's what happens. The calamities come to people when they get to thinking like that. And um, you might have heard of that movie, G.I. Jane. Man, I tell you, that was a good-looking woman when she made that deal. But if you listen to her speech, her inner thought, her positive mental attitude, man, that movie is a biblical, based on biblical uh, facts. But you see, if you've got to go down to a preacher tater, a pope, or somebody to let them tell you what you need to think, and friend, you, you've already, you're, you're missing the boat. The thing that causes the situation to change is not external, outside. They said they looked on the storm. They looked on the winds. They looked on the waves. They were in the boat in the middle of the uh, of uh, the Sea of Galilee. That's sea, the Sea of the Gentiles. Galilee of the Gentiles. That's the race consciousness. Finally, they went over to the master who he was sleeping in the boat. That aspect of higher thought was asleep. It, it knew that the divine mind was watching over uh, that entity in the, in the analogy uh, with perfect calm, perfect peace. And they said, Master, Master, we're all going to drown out here. He said, oh, ye of little faith. Why? Their faith was in the storm, the winds, the lightning, the calamity, the turmoil. It wasn't in the belief that they were safe and they were secure from all alarm, so to speak. So the Messiah is awakened, and he stands up, and he commands the winds to be calm. 
See, that's what you have to do in your mind. You command the calamity, the turmoil in your mind to become calm. I can't necessarily control what them people out there do, although to some extent you really can. But uh, I would see them and... uh, Nope, that's not my choice. I'm not that way. It may be for them, but that's not mine. I'd see what I'd want. I would make my confession. Sometimes, like I said, you have to keep your mouth shut and say it inside, and uh, it's still going to work because, you see, you're saying it, you're thinking it, you're seeing it, you're imagining it. And if you begin to imagine and talk about peace and harmony and blessing, people will look at you sometimes and they say, you are out of your ever-loving mind. Can't you see what's going on out there? Oh, I see what's going on out there, but I see that what causing that or caused that to happen is something that was said and done and thought yesterday or in the days before now. Remember, I'm the God that was. Now you the God that is. Guess what? Whatever you say and think and do is going to be the God that is yet to come. I am that. That is what I am. You've got to hang on to those ideas and understand. And you have to choose you this day what it is you're going to serve. You're either going to serve things and dwell on the fear and the calamity, or you're going to think on the blessing, the prosperity, the good success. Somebody said, well, well, that's all pipe dreams. No, it's not. Remember, there is a second man, Adam, in us, and that's the God-man in manifestation because the divine mind that was used to plow the principle is impregnating the sub-superconscious mind, and she is going to bring forth this Jesus-enlightened one called the second man, Adam, and that individual, enlightened, will sit on the throne of grace. Oh, that's the pineal gland. That's the chrism state. Now that individual will rule and reign as a god. That's the very term, Israel. That's what it meant. And all of it is strictly up to what we say, think, and or do. I am not going to get healthy. I am healthy. I am perfect peace. I'm not going to get peaceful. I am perfect peace. Just to give you a few thoughts and ideas about this, so that you can uh, you can begin to to see how to apply it. And uh, I I heard a guy talk about that he had went on from Silva, and I thought, damn, what the hell did you do to go on from? And uh, oh, say, can you see? By the dawn's early light. <laughs> and old Jose, he could see. He could see by the silvery moon. So Jose Silva <laughs> put the thoughts, words, ideas, and actions of the scripture in its true form. We talk about uh, the race consciousness, and I, I understand genetics and stuff like that. I know what it will do when you do telegony and so forth. A lot of people can't bear to hear that. You have to teach them something to help turn their life around, and then they'll go to thinking about what you're saying and begin to act on it. And uh, 
one individual told me, he said, well, ain't nobody but the white race going to be saved. And I said, wow. Because I knew they did not understand the true concept behind that statement. The concept was that all the colors are contained within the white spectrum of light. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. And guess what? Even black is encoded in that spectrum. And uh, when they group those good thoughts and ideas together, they're bringing forth good children. They're impregnating good seed, good ideas. It ain't just shooting your gun in a good-looking gal, you know. I mean, you're going to get something, that's for sure. And I've seen some good-looking men and women, and God, how mercy, what they managed to bring forth, honest to goodness, it, uh, it almost stopped the clock. So that really wasn't what it was, but yet genetics does take a play in certain things. And your vibrational frequency, what you dwell on and think on, changes the frequency, the vibration of your thoughts, your ideas, your body, and you either attract or you repel, push away what you want or don't want strictly but what you say, think, and do. And uh, so with that in mind, I kept uh, dwelling on it. And uh, there's times that, um, uh, man, I mean, look to here. Boy, I was I was in a place that I, I was having to literally hold on to my thoughts to uh, walk through this world, so to speak, this world of matter and, and causes causative action that it brought certain things to place and uh, sometimes you'll pick up something from other people you won't reject what they're saying and so if you don't reject it you know it's kind of like in court silence or acquiescence uh, is an acknowledged acceptance that it is a fact a presumption uh, or an inference, if not rebutted, automatically becomes whatever in hell they said it was, right, wrong, or indifferent. Once it becomes a part of the public record, shall we say, the race consciousness, and you've allowed it to impregnate and solidify on the foundations of thought your own subconscious mind, guess what? You have certified the decree, and that decree is going to come forth. It will manifest in the days, tomorrows, or whatever of your life. And you you might as well just wake up to that. We're at a time right now that if we listen to the uh, the soothsayers and the naysayers and the, and the, and the predictors of uh, media reality, and I listen to them people, and I know damn good and well they do not understand. They do not know. They do not want to know. They sell controversy. That's what they deal in is turmoil and controversy. With that in mind, remember the politician. They're afraid of this. They're afraid of that. You change your mind and begin to imagine and see all the people as one. You see the world in a state of peace. See, the only place that, that Jesus, the Christ or chrismed one, uh, the only place that that entity or that aspect of thought is going to come from 
is not going to come from the skies up above. It's going to come from the heavenly realm within your mind. Because if it doesn't come and manifest in your mind, then for you, the Jesus aspect will never come. It will never manifest. Yes. Well, then people are all going to go to hell out there. Everybody does this. Everybody, you, whoa, dude, you better wait a minute. God's going to come, and he's going to take uh, uh, all of us righteous people out of this here world. Where the hell's he going to carry you to? Man, what do you mean? He's going to come and, 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 and catch us out of here, and, and all these wicked people and all this calamity is going to be left here in this world. Wait a minute. I thought you told me you believed in your Bible. Oh, well, I do. Remember that scripture said, in him, in this realm of thought, ideas, and concepts, we live, move, and have our being, our existence. Well, yeah, I know that. It's in the Bible. I said, well, if you took the spirit of God, the spirit of good, out of this world, how in the hell would this world and these people that you're talking about even exist? There wouldn't be nothing here to make them manifest. Yes, sir, brother. And they also do what? I said, yes, sir. I understand what you're saying. But even if they go to the book of Revelations and they keep talking about the new Jerusalem, it says, look what's outside of the gates. Yeah. Which is the gates of their mind, not, <clears throat> not necessarily in some nebula somewhere. And they think that sin will be no more. But he said that without outside the gate, there's idolatry, whoremongers, and all manner of evil. Yeah, everything that loveth and maketh a lie. Yes, sir. If you're lying against the good, then you are the liar. Because the only thing that was created was good, good, and very good. So if somebody's creating something out there that's bad, bad, and very bad, well, we know it ain't the good God, so to speak. It's got to be this other cat called the devil. How do you change that? You cast out and increase their faith, their belief, the substance to help them believe and understand, and you do it how? By giving them the good, new, pure, honest word of victory. Think on these things that are good, that are pure, that are honest and of a good report. He didn't tell you to think on every damn thing in the world that could go wrong. I mean, think about it. Think on those things that are good, pure, Honest and have a good report. And we said, but I thought on it and nothing happened. The reason is you didn't stick to it. He said, uh, he that continueth unto the end. You run the race, the race in thoughts, but you must continue unto the end. If you give up before you get the prize, hey, dude, you didn't run the race. You kind of quit somewhere along the, uh, you know, from the starting line to the finish line. Yes, sir. That's just like the farmer in the field, too, brother. He that puts his foot to the plow and looks back ain't fit for the kingdom. That's correct. And notice there's another place that says that uh, there will be a quick work, a ladder work, and what's going to happen? 
Man, he said, that, that plowman's going to be out there busting ground. Well, you're going to plow and break up the fallow ground, the fallow thoughts, uh, unused or unclean, unprepared, unregenerated thoughts of your mind. Now, if you do that, then there's a seed planter. He's coming behind them. And then behind the seed planter, once it's grown, is going to be the man that does the harvesting. You know, if you get to speaking and thinking the correct thing and plowing the right thing and getting rid of the calamitous thoughts of your mind, remember, sweep the house clean? You're going to find that little mite that you dropped, but you got to clean that house up to find it. Well, that house is your mind. He said all of a sudden it would get to a place that the man that's harvesting would overtake the seed planter and the plowman because it would begin to manifest and come to pass as fast as he or she spoke it because they had learned to speak and think as the God and nothing could resist that aspect of the mind of creation. Praise God. Anyway, I'll throw it to you, Jim. You can chew on that a while. Let's see what the thunder we got going here. Yes, sir, brother. <clears throat> I mean, these here spiritual truths are so fantastic and so wise, which is the true part of ourselves if we do what he says. It's not to the hearer only, but it's to the doer, those that do that divine law and that will of the Creator. I mean, yeah, they gotta think it. They gotta do it by thinking it, speaking it, and imagining uh, the deal. When they do that, that's really one of the main reasons John Lennon was assassinated because he was telling the people to return. Yes, sir. To imagine, imagine the blessing, imagine the world at peace, imagine us all as one. Hell, we are all one. Whether you realize it or not, keep going, Jim. Yes, sir. I mean, I mean that's why he uses the analogy of the body. How can the foot say to the uh, the leg say to the foot, "I have no need of you," because it's all jointly fit together. It all works in unison and for the divine yeah. will and purpose of what we need it for and what the Creator intended it for. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. all. All these great and wonderful truths that White Wolf is bringing about, folks, I mean, this this ought to make us be jumping up and down in our seats. You know, let's not just, don't just be hearers, but let us be doers. You know, it says, test me, try me, prove me here with, saith Yahweh. He wants us to prove him. The reason he wants us to prove him, because when we go and apply it and do it, we're going to see that it works, and we're going to continue using it and doing it. He don't have to prove nothing to himself. It's to us that we have to understand and know, because we're not used to walking that path. And, you know, it says <clears throat> that it's nine even in our mouth. You know, the things, the thoughts, we when we imagine things or our desires that come to our heart and mind, and we imagine it, see it the way we want it, out of the heart, the, which is the middle subconscious mind, the mouth will speak. When what's in there and what we project out there 
we're going to speak about it and and it will cause a manifestation that vibe vibratory effect causes things to move and it manifests into the three-dimensional aspect of this world. But see, the system that's out there, they're doing everything they can to, to keep that from us. They're showing all manner of wickedness and lies and everything on TV. And and on the radio and a lot of other things, you know, they're trying to program us away from that divine creator, that divine truth. They're trying to keep us from having the power of the ever living, which is in us. It's part of us. We cannot be separated from it. The only way we can be separated from it is being ignorant of it. I don't mean ignorant as somebody did. Whatever is just ignoring what the divine creator's telling us. Apply it, do it, walk in it, speak it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others you would have them do unto you. Bless them to bless you. I mean, that's what it's all about. Like White Wolf said, you know, we're all one, and we are. The true us is we are beings of light and energy, like what we was saying. In this coat of skin, this body, this temple that the Creator made for us to walk around in and do and to see His divine law and word manifested in a three-dimensional sense to where we can not only see it and understand it, but we can apply and do it and see it for ourselves also that we are part of that, that we're not separated. We are that, and it is us. I mean, oh, my, I, I'm just so excited. It just does my heart really great, to, I mean, to hear these things and to, to, to make it part of me. And I've been applying it for the past two or three days over and over, and mighty things are happening. Be the doer. Test it. Try it. Prove me herewith, saith Yahweh. And see if we won't pour out us a blessing more uh, than we can ask or think of. He said there won't even be room enough hardly to receive it. There'll be so much it'll be running over. Pressed down, shaking together and running over. I mean, that's what it's all about for us to live a blessed and prosperous and divine right life giving praise and thanksgiving to the Creator. If you look what it says in the Scriptures, the only thing that we can give the Creator aspect is thanksgiving and praise. That's the only thing He accepts. And it says that all through the Scriptures. And when you tell somebody thank you, you're not just going to tell them thank you for no reason at all. It's because it's either something they told you that you agreed with and you needed it in order to apply it or they've given you something that you were expecting or wanting or whatever. And then you shake their hand and say thank you because they, they've given it to you. And the Creator has already given us all good things. He says that. Now we just got to thank Him and praise Him for it. 
The word alleluia in any language, it means praise or thank you, acceptance. And uh, I was thinking, as a matter of fact, I had called you and told you about a scripture the other day. I said, Jim, uh, the scripture says, they that labor, labor in vain, except the Lord. Yod, hey, Bob, hey, build the city. Yes, sir. If you haven't built it in your mind, you can get out there and bust tail from sun up to sundown, uh, three sixty-five uh, a year, and it won't last. No, it'll fall apart at the seams because it was not built on the true principle. And see, this is the thing. Um, it's kind of like uh, I would teach children how to go from F to A in 7 to 30 days, depending on their age, and I'd get them to confess that they could speak well, they could read well, they could um, uh, they could hear the their their peers in their class telling them how good they had done and, and uh, uh, how well they could speak. And uh, I took this one young boy, and I've told you all this before over over time, if you go back and you listen, the young boy, he, uh, his brother was the jock. You know, he was the number one ball player, but he was not the intelligent one. The younger brother was, but man, he could not say three words without stuttering. He had such low self-esteem, it was unreal. His mother was a, a special education teacher. I guess she realized it early. She didn't know what to do with it. So I made a tape, and uh, it's called uh, oh, Miracle Mind, Magic Miracle Mind, I believe it was. I made it for me, and yet it was done in such a way that I knew I could give it to that little boy after I talked to him. And so I went down, and I talked to him. His mother and him was listening. Daddy was listening. And I said, you cannot go tell these people what you're doing, son. I said, when you come home in the afternoon, I said, you put that tape on. Lay down, take an hour or two rest, and because it was, you know, giving him positive thoughts, positive ideas, you know, and, and so forth and so on. And I told him about the visualization, imagine, and how to go about imagining, how to hear uh, himself in that. How, see, you got to experience when you imagine, you're experiencing that thing. That's what the God's doing. The God is imagining those things, and that there is what we call, and He spoke. And his word went forth. Well, that's the same term, am it. I'm plowing with the me. Well, where in the hell did the me come from? Inky Ea, the Lord of Earth, the ruler of Earth, the first ruler of Earth. Not his brother Enlil, but Inky. His four letters was Yod, Hey, Bob, Hey as well. He was the chief science officer. And between him and his half-sister, Nin Hersag, they created, speaking about uh, the Adama, the Adam. And yet, in this process, it's a story in there in the Ena Elish and different ones, the Epics of Gilgamesh and the Chronicles of NTEA. And he uh, is entreated by Inanna. 
And Nana is another name for Isis. Yes. And it's, uh, in her sag, another name for her is Isis. And, um, Inky was always in a perpetual state of, uh, he was going to sample the wares, shall we say. I mean, uh, everybody, you know, I mean, listen here, if man and woman didn't want to get together, hell, the world wouldn't go round because there wouldn't be nobody to go round on it. And, uh, or on a flat plane either, for as that goes. And it says that she finally convinced him to give her the maze. She got all the tablets of the maze. Oh, damn, you mean she got all the DNA chain of the maze, the instructions within the body. She's a feminine aspect. She'd have to have them. She's the mother of all life. That was the knowledge of how to build a city, how to do this, or how to do the that. And once she got them, and uh, Inky uh, went to sleep. Got him a little tight and a little right, and he was uh, kind of went to sleep there, and she took the maze and hooked it. Well, if you plow with the knee, you're plowing with that aspect of the mind of Inanna, Isis, Jesus, Eve, the mother of all life. Yes. And if you keep plowing with her and supporting her, you're going to eventually get to Tavin or Tab, Aleph to Tab, Alpha to Omega. Omega is a sign of a vagina. Yes, sir. Alpha, you got to start in the beginning. I mean, you don't get to the vagina. Don't worry about it. You ain't going to have no baby. Yes, sir. Everything they're telling you is about the mind. And so if you're going to take and speak my word, you you got to return to plowing with the me. Remember, you can't have a God before the me. There ain't no other way. This is the DNA creative structure that was put into the Adam kind. Ken, however you want to look at it. Everything operates on this principle. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Jim. As you, were talking, as you were talking about ISIS, it, it, something came to me and uh, to show you how the system in the world perverts and, you know, something that was intended for good and how they twist and turn it. You know, the dollar sign, the S oh, yeah. with the two, two, that is an ancient sign for ISIS. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. And you know who owns the symbol and trademark? No, sir. Gene Simmons. Really? Yes, sir. He bought the he bought the trademark up, and he owns the one with the single strike and the double strike. And to get the true dollar sign, it's a double strike. Yes, sir. Because wow. if you go to your spine you've got a positive and a negative aspect to the spinal cord that goes up the column. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's where all the me's is, and that's where all the blessings are. Isis is a symbol of life and blessing. That's it. And the temple of life, the temple of light. So yes. when you're going in and plowing with her, you're plowing with the Eve, the feminine aspect of your own mind, whether you're a male or a female. We all think like this. That's why he said, if I make them male, 
Peter. Don't be bitching about them women over there. If I teach them how to be male, that they can do the same thing you can do. And they'll inherit just like you. They'll create just like you, Peter. You need to get head out of rectus, Peter, and get up here with a plexotomy or clean your uh, head off once you get it out of your rectus, you know, and uh, look forward because uh, you've got to see light and blessing and good and good and good and good and good and very good. Then those things will happen because you're seeing them, you're acting them out, you're imagining them. Man, it, it, um, there was something, uh, you. Yeah, no, I was just saying, he, I mean, he's tell. I mean, the, the stories that were told in the, the Old Testament, then you go to the New Testament, and you look at that, he's telling, he's explaining what the Old Testament was telling him, you know. It's the same, yes, sir, it's the same exact thing. There is no difference in the original message. The instruction has never changed. It's just man has changed his concept of it. Yeah, because he tells us the word of life is nigh unto us and even in our mouth. You know, life and death. It's in your mouth. Well, if it's in your mouth, it's got to be between your ears behind your eyeballs. You've got to be at the skull place called Golgotha. You've got to go there. And there's always going to be aspects of your mind that must be crucified. But in yeah, three see. days, well, what the three? Well, 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 well see, now you got a little teaching of the sun, and uh, the solstice is uh, thrown in there. But in three days, you know, if if you start programming the mind, and you do it correctly, folks, you better get ready. Within three to five days, you're going to see that thing that you really want. Now, I will say this: depending on the size of the thing you want. It may take a a little bit longer for it to come about, but it will. In 1957, uh, they had maneuvers in Louisiana. And um, down on Texas Street, boy, we'd all ride our bikes. I mean, hell, we was into everything. And uh, they were jumping C-119 flying boxcars. And, um, I mean, got thousands of them. They kept from... Uh, Deritter, north of Deritter, all down south into Ragley on my grandfather's farm and land all around there. I mean, to tell you, they were everywhere. And uh, I was up there, and uh, there was a jeep pool of uh, troopers. They were long-range reconnaissance boys, and lo and behold, they were in the 101st Airborne Division, First Brigade, which means they were airborne jumpers. And, uh, you know, I mean, boy, they were big to us. We were down there, you know, we done buddied up with them. We were talking to this, telling us this. And one of the guys gave me a set of jump wings. And in my mind right there, man, I could just see myself jumping out of that C-119 flying boxcar and being an airborne trooper. Well, I was about 11 years of age at that time. And when I was 18, and I went through Benning, I was jumping those flying boxcars. And when I got orders, they sent me to the 173rd Airborne Division at uh, 
way. They spelled that H-U-E. But uh, my buddies was on the 70 Quick, you know, 707 Jets uh, ahead of me, and uh, the Iron Rats, 122-millimeter rockets, ate up the runway right after uh, Newsom or Newcomb and them uh, landed, and I did, they diverted my aircraft, and I landed at Cameron, and so they bring you up, you know, and they got a repo depot there where people coming in, going out. And uh, I'd been there a few days, and uh, I was already a trained medic and everything. And uh, these guys come bopping through in their uh, jungle clothes, and um, one of them was, a uh, seemed like an E6 or an E7. And... Uh, he walked up and he says, uh, where are you boys headed? And I said, well, uh, I'm airborne. I'm supposed to go to the 173rd. I said, but they diverted our aircraft here. He said, uh, you ever considered joining the 101st? I said, yes, sir, I, I have. He said, uh, what's your MOS? And I told him. He said, man, he said, we could sure use some good medics. I said, great. I said, you got an opening? He said, Hell yes. Man, I mean, the next morning we got ready and uh, they got everything lined out and we headed out and went to Pan Rang. Um, and uh, I became a member of the 101st and then uh, it wasn't just a little while. And lo and behold, I was on that Hawk Long Ranger Reconnaissance team, 1st Brigade of the old 1st. Wow. Did I create the thing at 11? Yes, sir, you did, brother. Absolutely. It took a while for it to come to pass, but I impressed it at 11. And at 18, I got to fulfill it. Yes, sir. He says we're in need of patience. And in other words, sometimes we have to wait for what we want. Sometimes it takes a little time to get everything in place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We had a guy that was in one of our classes. And he was fed up with his job. Uh, this was a silver class in 76, somewhere between August and September. And uh, he uh, he wanted another job. And so they told him what to do that first weekend, and God, man, he got on the stick. And uh, it wasn't long to about two, three down, days down the road, man, he called back to uh, Silver headquarters there, and he was just bawling and squalling because he'd lost his job. He'd been fired. And uh, the guy asked him, he said, well, uh, I don't know if it was Sonny that talked to him, Sonny Molino or not, but one of them talked to him, and they said, well, what's your program? What have you been praying? He said, well, I've been, I wanted me a new job. He said, well, you had to get rid of one before you could get a new one. Isn't that right? And he said, yes, sir. He said, keep programming the prayer that you got the new job. He said, but, but, but I'm all, he said, sir, don't worry about what you lost. You had to get rid of it before you could get anything different. And so he began to pray the prayer, pray, say, see the program. He imagined the result. Brother, it's just what, he, told me. It's just what you told me the other day. Yeah, Cast down every high-minded thing. That That's exalted. it. Anything that comes against that state that you desire, you've got to cast it down. You've got to take the wheels out from under it. 
you got to put it in the wrecking yard. Because nothing can overrule that great, high, exalted, Christos, chrism state of mind, because that's when you're sitting on the pineal gland, activated, you're at the place Jacob was, and you're supplanting that old limitation and creating the state of Israel. But you're going to have to get rid of that damn thigh muscle and quit uh, walking on your thigh. It's going to be a halted thigh. Somebody said, well, what does that mean? I'm going to happen to mess my legs up. No, it's telling you that the thigh muscle is the strongest muscle in your body. And you will no longer have to rely on what your physical strength will do for you. It will be your mental strength. You will be acting, thinking, and doing as the God. And so when you do that, you manifest and you prevail. You overcome. Well, you come back the next weekend class, and guess what? He was just jumping up and down. I mean, you, you thought he was a brand-new light bulb, son. He was just a shining everywhere. <laughs> he had done got that job. And he was better than he could think, ask, or hope. So as you hold on to this, you can prevail. I mean, you can do every bit of this. And and that's what it's designed for you to do, and it's that simple. It's the simplicity of the gospel, the go spell. You're sending the spell, the prayer out. It's a go-to. Just like an old DOS, when you, know, you had to have an execution at the end of it. You could type the program, everything, but if you didn't put a go-to in the end there and hit go-to, that thing could not run. It couldn't go forward. That's what you're doing with your confession, with your thoughts, with your ideas. Yes, sir. That's, that's just like don't that. Go, go, don't go, go just ahead. tell any man your dream or your vision. They can't necessarily get in the boat with you and believe. So keep your damn mouth shut, so to speak. I ain't damn, but nevertheless, keep your mouth shut so that go tell no man nothing. Just you and the ever-living are communing. Mm-hmm. And you and the ever-living, that high self of you is going to manifest it. They'll know what you were saying, thinking, and doing when they see it. That's yes. the proof that's in the pudding. Go ahead. He tells us, go and tell an old man. He said, go into your closet. The closet is your mind where you visualize and see your desires manifest. And and when it it comes to pass, like what Wolf just said, it will be shown openly before all men. And, I mean, you know, like you were talking about the gentleman in his job. He was upset he lost his job. But take that scripture about the adversary, the devil, which is really negative thinking and negative speaking and doing. That's it. That's and correct. When, you know, when he says, when, when that finds that the house is all clean and swept, you know, if you don't have nothing else, you're not putting nothing else in there, those old habits are going to come back and it'd be seven times harder to get rid of them. So you got to keep putting the clean and the good, the desires you want in there, and the other will nullify and pass away. And the only thing you can get is the good, good, and very good. Everything the white wolf is saying, it's right there in your scriptures. And But they're telling you in a different aspect that the ministers are. They're not really telling you the true secrets of what's going on. But white wolf, is endeavoring to explain and to teach you 
that these are the true secrets here that if you apply them, you will see for yourself and you will be the overcomer like it says. Go forth conquering and to conquer. You, that's it. Yes, sir, that's it. I mean, White Wolf is opening up the scriptures to where we can see because we've been taught a certain way all our lives and and it, it wasn't the correct way. They gave you a little touchy-feely kind of uh, power in church, so to speak. And that that's not enough to, that's not the saving aspect. White Wolf is giving you the jewels of the kingdom that where you could see and understand and apply yourself. That's what the, that's what the scriptures are telling us. Go forth and do. And you'll see for yourself and be as I am. See these works that I do? You can do these and even greater. That's what he's telling us. I mean, it's a great and mighty thing if we can just wrap our, oh, my yakasha mahari o shate. If we can just wrap our mind around and see the great and wonderful gospel or gospel, whatever you want to call it, it it's there. It's words of life and truth. That's the saving aspect right there. Yeah, you, you can't manifest the creator um, in the good, good, and the very good, positive light if you don't speak, think, and act that way continually. Yes. And uh, if you've chosen and you speak those good things and you continually dwell on those good things, um, I don't have to worry about uh, what other people say, think uh, uh, about me. Because I didn't say that about them. It can't come back to me. It can't overrule my good. When I step into this realm of the mind, I am literally the God that operates in my reality. Yes. And if I'm doing what the scripture teaches, then I am looking out not only for my good, but for the good of all, all mankind. What does they say? Man, when you, when you do the program, he said, include as many people in that dream program or that uh, that uh, meditative state as you can. See many people doing and getting good from the way you think. Well, if you're doing that, then you're not doing it just to consume it on your own lust. You're doing it so that all mankind could be blessed and prospered and uh, healed and, and set free. Yes, sir. You can't outgive God the more you do uh, uh, for other people and and walk in, in, in that divine light of understanding and give it forth freely you got, freely give. Go tell the good things that the Yava has done unto you. That helps other people and increases their faith to where yes, it, it, it sparks something in them to where they can say, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. And then they right. apply it and they see it works. God's no respecter of persons. Yes. If he's done something great for a cat named Moses, he's got to do it great for you. If he's done something great for another cat named Abraham, he's got to do it for you. If he's done something great for a man there calling Jesus, he's got to do it for you. He's only the first of many brethren. He ain't the only brother. He's yes, only sir. the first of a bunch of them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He was telling us that that he was just like you and I are. 
that he said, of of myself, I can do nothing except what I see the Father do, the creator aspect that's inside of us, that divine moment. Except what I see the Father do. Okay, remember the word Father we're using there is the term creator. Yes. I have to see the creation occurring in my mind. And when I see it creating and occurring in my mind, then I am doing the thing because I am in agreement with the Father. And where the two of us agree, we are totally one. That is the manifestation right there. Oh, yes, sir, brother. Where two or three are gathered, and you're gathered together anyway. <laughs> Let everything be so. Uh, are absolute. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. Yes, sir. Well, Jim, I'll tell you what. We don't give them enough uh, um, ice cream and cake for this evening, as far as I'm concerned. And um, I'm going to step out of the way. I have a grandson, uh, uh, Spotted Al, and brother, he kept telling them, he was telling me, he said, gee, he said, pie is wrong. And um, so I listened to him, and uh, he went on. He said, I have done He finally come back. He couldn't get it figured out. And he said, well, maybe that is it. I was on coast to coast, I think it was the other night, um, or ground zero. And a guy came on who was a physicist. And he began to explain how pie, as we think of it, is wrong. It's incorrect. Wow. And he started uh, doing the calculation and explaining to him, and he said, pi equals the number two. And I thought, damn. You know, I don't know how he got there. It's just that I remember that's what he said. And I wrote it down because I got a, I got to send an email to Spotted Al Jacob and let him know, hey, dude, you were correct. And wow. uh, because, see, when you find out something like that, you want to take and lift them up and help them. He, uh, he had went to, with his mother and them down to Aransas Pass Corpus area, and uh, Misty and them were working at two of the big plants, or a big, yeah, two different big plants down there. And uh, Jacob had been to auto mechanics school um, in Lake Charles when uh, he stayed up at the farm. And so uh, they hired him at this uh, lube and mechanics place, you know, a little shop there, and and uh, they had pretty good trade, and um, they wanted him to do certain. He said, sir, he said, look, I went to school and got my degree to be a mechanic. He said, and that's what I want to work at. They told him okay, and uh, so he got to working, and... Uh, he could work either seven days or he could do his regular time because they give him two days off a week. And I think he made 1700 on the seven-day week. And uh, on the five-day week, he made uh, thirteen or 1400 take-home. I mean, he's clearing that much. And uh, I've got another... Uh, uh, grandson come in and they were talking and because they was you know just picking at Jacob because they were working at the plants making eighteen dollars an hour etc. And uh, he said, "Well, how much is he making?" I said, "Well, if he's," uh, I said, "We'll just take the low ball number there at thirteen hundred." And um, I said, "If 
you had four weeks in a month, uh, um, I said, then uh, four times that 1,300. He got to counting there, and it, I said, some months uh, have five. He said, God. He said, man, he's making so much more money than I am. You see what I mean? Yes, sir. Jacob's idea was that he would overcome and he would prosper and do wisely because he wanted the extra cash to be able to afford to do the research and development he wanted for some of his Tesla ideas and things of that nature. Lo and behold, the little dude got it. So, I mean, it's strictly, you know, what you give to it, what you think about it, what you dwell on. And uh, with that, I'm going to step out of here and go spend a little time with me and them. And uh, But uh, this ought to be enough. I mean, look here, if they want to turn the world upside down, what we've said on here tonight will do it. And if you go back, uh, if you go back and start looking at what we said, see, uh, judgment comes, and it comes right quickly. Yes, sir. And so when we speak something, we have judged that thing in our imagination. As a blessing or as a cursing. Love you all, folks. Thank you all for coming. Jim, love you. Bless you. Shalom, prosper. Be in good health. And next time I get to talk to you about the grace of Yahweh will be, uh, well, let's see, uh, the 13th of Big Friday, 14th Saturday, 15th Sunday. And when I see you next Sunday, I should be, uh, uh, I should have rolled over the 70 mark because on the Friday the 13th, brother, I'm here to tell you which is my lucky day. I'm going <laughs> to reach up and tag that 7-0 and shift the gears, the man said. So, Yahweh bless you all. Shalom prosper. Be in great good health. Good night. Good night, brother. We love you and bless you and your family. And thank you for tonight's call. This is fantastic, brother. Shalom. Uh, Y'all have a good evening. Love you, too. Well, folks, I thank each and every one of you for coming tonight. It's been a great call tonight, I believe. I mean, there's a lot there. You might have to go back and listen to it two or three times to get the gist, gist of what Gary, what White Wolf is saying. And I mean, and test it against the scriptures; it's there, and you'll see where what the ministers are not telling you, and what really is there. And if you've got a strong concordance, you know of the Greek and the Hebrew, look up those words, and you'll see. Uh, how near what we're saying is what the ancient truth is. And with that, you know, I love you and Yahweh bless you. Keep you in perfect divine health and may all your dreams come true that are good, good, and very good. And with that, I'm going to end the call. Shalom, prosper, and be in great good health, everyone. Good night.